All right, guys, I'm sure you've heard of our new partner over at Solace Meds, and they've once again got some smoking hot deals for you this week. They've got four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Reet Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just down the street from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. In the month of June, they've got 15% off all gold shelf concentrates, 20% off all Wana tinctures and tarts, 20% off all Mountain Select, Rosen, and cartridges, and a bunch more that you can see on their website, solacemeds.com. But right now, the best part is when you head into one of their locations and use the code DNVR20 at checkout, you're going to get 20% off your entire purchase, plus a free Solace Bar and a free King Cone. That's right, you can get a free Solace Bar, King Cone, and 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout. And you can, of course, head over to solacemeds.com to purchase from there. S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio B. The B stands for Broncos. Talking a little Broncos week two of OTAs. But before we get in there, a shout-out to MSU Denver Online. Make sure you check them out, msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer. They've got 750 total classes, 40-plus online and hybrid programs. There's so much to see over at msudenver.edu slash online. So if you're looking to further that education while keeping a full-time job, MSU Denver is the place for you because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what's shaking? I mean, today, guys, the B in Studio B could stand for boys. It could stand for Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater today was trying to make it stand for Bridgewater. Or Bama, which Bama, we'll get to a little yes, later. Exactly. Yeah, that's all that's the the buzz of the town is Teddy Bridgewater throwing those nice floater passes <laughs> uh into Jerry Judy today. Uh so you know, let's not waste any time here. Mace is busting out the notebook. That's when you know it's time to get into the nitty gritty here. Uh what everyone wants to know, how are the quarterbacks, Mace? Well, if Look, no decisions are being made today. Of course. But Teddy was the better quarterback today. Okay. And look, you know, Jew, Jerry Judy pointed out, he talked about how, you know, Drew throws, what is it, a hard drill? Is that what he said? Yep. Okay. And that Teddy th- throws a floater. The thing is, for the, hard, for the hard drill, for the bullet to be valuable, it's got to be accurate. And when Drew Locke wasn't checking down, taking the safe stuff when he was trying to force it uh, downfield, he wasn't as accurate as you would like. He had a couple of plays that could have easily been picked off. Teddy did, let's just make it clear, Teddy did have a play that Pat Sertan could have picked off. He tried to kind of jam it into Tim Patrick near the sideline, and Sertan jumped it nicely. And then kind of the, the downside of the floaters that, that he throws is that the placement is good, but sometimes it gives the defenders a chance to react. Late in practice, Bryce Callahan kind of came out of nowhere. Teddy had Noah Fant downfield, popped it up to him, 
Bryce read it perfectly, made the play on the ball. So that's kind of the risk that you get into when you have a quarterback who doesn't right. No. Didn't didn't pick oh, okay. it. Just broke it up. Just broke it up. That's the risk that you have when you don't yeah. have the same velocity. Sometimes you find yourself watching these two quarterbacks and saying, Boy, you wish Teddy had a little bit more oomph on the ball. You wish Drew had a little bit had better placement. Yep. Well, if you put them, the two, yeah. If you combine yeah. the two, you'd win a Super Bowl. But unfortunately, you've got to figure if this continues, it's figuring out which you can live with. And un- unfortunately for Drew, that probably means you're going with Teddy Bridgewater because as we've seen here in Denver, you can win with accuracy if there's not a lot of velocity. It's hard to win with velocity that doesn't have accuracy. Well, and the floater was what uh, was what almost got Teddy the interception on the day was yeah. going to the outside. He was going right side about twenty yards downfield, mm-hmm. and he threw it into traffic. But Patrick Sertan also had time to jump up. He should have caught it. I mean, it hit both of his hands. It was tough because trying to get your feet down on the sideline. But a great play by Patrick Sertan. So a near interception for Teddy in that play. And then Drew also had a near interception, almost doing the exact opposite, looking in the middle of the field, throwing into coverage where there were a lot of defenders, and he just throws a dart, but it's a dart five yards above the receiver mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. into Jamar Johnson's hands. He just isn't able to hold on to it. So both of those guys with near interceptions today. But then outside of that, the other thing that Jerry Judy said about Teddy Bridgewater, so Drew has the dart, the hard ball, uh, and Teddy has the floaters. He also said that Teddy throws with anticipation. Yeah. And we saw that on multiple occasions today. Uh, one for a 35-yard touchdown uh, to Jerry Judy down the right sideline. Jerry was pretty open the whole time, so not much anticipation there. But it but was perfectly placed. I was. mean, Jerry is in stride. He's two steps past the defender. And, I mean, you cannot time that pass and place that pass any bit better than Bridgewater did. And you're probably going to mention the play to the left side yep. where he throws. Literally, uh, Jerry is just starting his break, just trying to go into his break. And Teddy throws it and drops a diamond there. That's the sort of anticipation, guys, that I don't expect to see eight days in with working with a receiver or four practices in. But Teddy and Jerry Judy already appear to have really good timing and chemistry. Yeah, the chemistry is really surprising for them so far. Uh, And you just, you love to see it so far. And now I'm starting to, you know, dig a little deeper here Mm. uh, in terms of the chemistry of those two. You know who also doesn't throw... The hardest pass in the world. Who is that? Tua. Yeah. And that's obviously who Jerry had a ton of success with in college. Mac Jones, too. Yeah. The Mac t- Jones. They're placement yeah. passers. Right. Those are placement passers. And it's kind of like pitchers, right? If you're not going to have the heater, you got to mm-hmm. have the placement. You got to have the, you know, you got to be able to really pick your spots. Uh, and it seems like that's something that Teddy has going for him. It is really unfortunate because both of these things come with major limitations. You know, um, Teddy might not be able to hit that whole shot and cover two up the sideline as well as Drew, but Drew might not be able to hit that, you know, corner back in back of the end zone float pass. Like you really do wish you could combine these two together. Yeah. Yeah. The one that, you know, like I've been saying for a while that I think the best thing for the Broncos is for Drew to win this job. Mm -hmm. And I think most people agree with that. But the one that coaches are going to gravitate to is the guy who does throw with anticipation, the guy who sees the field, the guy who's throwing with more accuracy. And it makes a very difficult situation for Drew now. Not just the coaches. What do you think the pass catchers think? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, if, and that's where it's interesting. And we know that Jerry and Noah and others 
they're not going to advocate for one quarterback over the other. They're, they're too smart to do that. But what do receivers prefer in general? They want that ball that's like that, that just comes in like a pillow. It's easy to catch. Yeah. I mean, everyone has, I guess, their preferences. Um, they're, they're probably not going to like it as much when, you know, he tries to throw a slant soft and yeah. gets there late and they get their head <laughs> taken off. But, yeah. um, again, there's pros and cons that come with both of these things. Zach, before the pod, we were talking and you said, look, Drew's just really not pushing the ball downfield. And it makes me wonder if, if maybe the Broncos are trying to rewire his progression as a quarterback. He's always said gunslinger. Has he said gunslinger yet this year? I don't think he has. No, he hasn't. So I think the Broncos are really trying to, because again, this is the last stand for Drew Locke. If it doesn't work out this year, he's not going to be the starting quarterback here. He's probably not going to be the starting quarterback anywhere until something gives. Yep. Um, I wonder if the Broncos are saying, look, we made a second round investment in this guy. Let's do everything we can. You know, a lot of times, like I'll compare myself here. My grandpa always said, Never change your golf swing. You can make some tweaks, but like always stick with your natural. And I think for Drew, that's probably the way he's felt his whole life. And I right. wonder if the Broncos are saying, look, we got to change the swing. So we got to tell him, you're not a gunslinger anymore. You got to make the right decisions. Let's rewire you from the start. We want you to take the safe, easy thing throughout OTAs. And then as we work into training camp, maybe we'll start progressing you down the field. Or do you think he's just gun shy? Well, I, I hope that's the case. It makes you wonder if that's the case, Ryan. It makes me worried that this is coming from within Drew saying, look, I got killed last year for not taking the easy check downs and for not being able to progress through my reads. So what I'm going to do now during OTAs and maybe during the start of camp is I'm going to go through my reads. And where do reads end? Ryan, reads end don't end, don't end with a one, uh, you know, 30 yards downfield. Reads end with the check down. And so that's what Drew's been doing. I mean, Mace, I don't know how many times you saw it I don't have any notes where Drew threw the ball more than 10 yards downfield today now maybe he did it once but in terms of in air he was looking short 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 just all the time and this wasn't any different than what last week was uh during seven on sevens and another important thing Mm -hmm. is Drew right now they're only doing seven on sevens. We'll get into team periods next week, and maybe that's when Drew Drew takes takes the training wheels off, or maybe when the coaches do that, and we'll see it open up. And I'll say, okay, it was just that. It was either Drew or the coaching staff progressing with Drew. But what we can't see, and what is not good, guys, is a Drew lock that's not going to go deep because that's what makes him great is his playmaking ability. If you take that away, then what are we talking about here? Yeah, it's interesting because you feel like you're watching the two of them, and. Both of them, it seems like they're trying to do what's missing. Like, okay, you've got Drew who's trying to kind of take the safe stuff. And yet, we know that he can push it down the field. Teddy, you know that he can kind of, you know, you know play, just take fairways and greens. You're not going to try to get to the par five and two. But he's trying to push it downfield. Now, there was one play late, um... And this is where I'm still I'm still learning the roster. Who's who's number twelve? Don't know off the top of it. <laughs> if you don't know, Mace. I mean, this is just I'm literally scrolling through the Broncos roster right now, like Brendan Langley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like we see, like I I see these guys, and I think, and oh, that's Trandy Benson's number. My bad. Still around. Trandy Benson <laughs> is still around, and that was Drew's deep ball. And he, it was actually toward the end of practice. By the time they'd already said, okay, media, get on the, the Zoom conference. So it wasn't during seven on seven. So. No, it was during seven on seven. Okay. A- after they huddled, 
They did a special teams period, and then they went back and did another seven-on-seven seven period okay. while we were while we were waiting for the Zoom conference. So I went back up, I stayed there, and I watched it. And I'll I'll give a give credit to Drew because that I'm just going to look at my notes here. It was down the sideline, twenty yards, and just Benston was wide open. Drew a lot of zip on the ball, very put put Benson in a chance to make. With a chance to make the catch, and he did. But that was as deep. That was the one deep shot. Whereas with Teddy, we're pointing out down the left side to uh, to, to Jerry Judy, down the right sideline to Judy again, hitting Noah Fant, who by the way, really nice route, got wide freaking open. No one on was this within route. fifteen yards. Exactly. He, you know, I, 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 I don't want to put blame, but it looked like some. It looked like something. It was backup safeties at that point. It looked like one of the backup safeties just kind of mi- just kind of missed the read on it, and you know, and kind of fall, kind of fell for the fake. Noah created that separation, and Teddy just threw a very nice pass to Noah Fant that, uh, with all respect, probably any quarterback should have been able to complete. Oh, I would have been able to. I'm, I kid you not. He had 15 yards of separation yeah. in any direction from him. He caught it at about the 15, and then trotted into the end zone. But sometimes, though, I mean, sometimes a quarterback will see that and get a little bit too excited. I mean, yeah, the, that's the, where you if worry. If you're not someone Case might Keenum, airmail it. Then I think you're making yeah. it. Was it up the seam? It it was uh it, no thankfully it was, it was to down, the outside yeah just outside the seam right right at the numbers interesting was he lined up wide I think I, he was inside and inside. that that was well we, we can get to this later but because it kind of ties into quarterbacks in seven on sevens which is no running you know they're passing we saw a lot of two tight ends we saw a lot of tight ends with their hand in the ground maybe that just shows that we're really going to get a lot of two tight ends a lot of tight end heavy package formations this year because that's something you typically don't see saw Andrew Beck line up at fullback in seven on seven mm. how often do you see a seven on yeah. seven formation with a fullback I can't even think of a time where I saw seven on seven that wasn't shotgun yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they were they were doing some different things today. Good thing is today neither quarterback ran, so we did not have a Paxton Lynch running in seven on sevens. Yep. Any picks? Um, no picks that were uh, yeah. for, from either of the top two guys that came down. Yeah. Um, one of the things, speaking of picks, one of the things I really did like was Drew after he had the near pick to Jamar Johnson, which should have been caught, should have been an interception. He came back and did nearly the exact same play and got it completed to Jerry Judy. It was about a 10-yard pass. Uh, Judy cut in, t- in 10 yards in the middle of the field. A lot of defenders found him this time. Zip of the pass. I mean, you have to be throwing the hard uh, hard ones there. And he did it, got it, and then Judy turned up field for what probably would have been another 5, 10 yards. So I do like how Drew bounced back from that. Yeah, it was... That that was that was probably his best moment, I would say. That, it was. That or probably the, the, the pass to Benson. Now, you had... Basically, let's see, Sertan nearly had the, the pick off Bridgewater. Uh, Jamar Johnson had nearly had the one. And then late in practice, O.J. Mudia nearly had one. And also, O.J. Mudia, he, he's getting a lot of run with Kyle Fuller not there. And Vic Fangio mentioned this after practice. When they go dime right now, it's O.J. Mudia who steps in. And he's he actually is looking pretty good. He's, got, he's, he's breaking on the ball quickly. It looks like he's settled himself from last year as well. I wonder where he fits in. I mean, yeah. it's going to be really tough for him to find the football field this year. But unless somebody gets hurt, and we know Bryce Callahan has that history. Right. For sure. What do you think? I mean, is this a guy who can work his way into playing time or is it just 
too hard. Into playing time, no. It, so it's special gonna, teams. Guys, we're, we're talking about how are they going to get their top four corners on the field. And they're going to have to find a way because you're yeah. paying three of them and one of them is a first-round pick. And today, kind of the guy that some people like to point to as being the odd man out, Bryce Callahan, was not only speaking with us, which kind of points to where the organization feels with about him, but also Vic said he's going to get on the field some way, somehow, meaning that he can play outside, he can play inside, he's going to be on the field. And so you're not taking him out. You're not taking any of those guys off for, for Ojemudia. So this is a guy where maybe you see enough this season, mostly in practice, where you say, okay, we feel comfortable moving on from Bryce or from Kyle Fuller after this year. So you don't have to pay three corners $10 million. Or both. I mean, really, I mean, you could say, okay, we're going to bypass on giving anybody at corner another contract, and uh, and then you hope that you've developed a dime, another another guy to be your dime, and then OJ Moodya becomes your number three. That's that's what I think kind of the long term plan and hope is. And then we obviously are saying Bassey isn't out there, but we know they still have high long term hopes for him as well. Yeah, I mean that's just why I was talking talking about this today. Why would an undrafted free agent cornerback come to Denver? I mean, there's just no hope. Why, why would an undrafted wide receiver come to Denver? I, I love mm-hmm. Warren Jackson. Why did he come to Denver? It, it doesn't make sense. Money. Um, they got a good little signing bonus. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. But uh, maybe as practice squad guys, you know. Yeah. But that just shows, too, how, how many times have we said this over the past five years of why would a, a player at position X come to Denver? We haven't really said that because there's always been a spot for someone mm-hmm. to make a team. It's good. You're talking about one on offense and on defense. I'm starting to wonder if I go back to a game against the Chiefs. I want to say it was that first Monday night football game against the Chiefs where they almost beat Mahomes. And Chris Harris Jr. after the game saying, I've never been so tired in my life. Yeah. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe they're just going to rotate the corners. Yeah. Keep them fresh. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot, like, it's not just the Chiefs. The way the teams are playing these days, there's a lot of downfield routes. There's a lot of, you know, of running around and coverage for these guys. And if you have four to five guys that you trust, roll them in, roll them out. Well, and anytime the defense is brought up, how much investment they've had, George Payton doesn't just point to the Chiefs. He points to the Chargers and the Raiders and says, look, these are, I think they all had top seven passing offenses in the NFL last year. So that absolutely is something he's looking at. I mean, what's better in the four, like in the fourth quarter? Is it a rested OJ Moodya or Ronald Darby, who's played every snap in the first three quarters? That and that that's that's why you you rotate in some. Now it's typically what you might think of doing if you don't have high level talent in the starting lineup. Like right now, the Nuggets backcourt it's so depleted that you have to kind of go deep, and your your way to counter the Blazers is to try to come at the opponent in waves. The Broncos, if they're healthy, they have the advantage of having talent and depth so they've got the best of both worlds and they may you may look at that situation and say all right you know with let, let's say Darby and OJ Moody for example you say let's save Darby on a couple of possessions early so he's fresh and we'll play OJ Moody I mean it's basically a, a load management thing within a game I don't know actually I don't know why more teams don't do this in the NFL we actually go back to Wade Phillips in 2015 one of the things that helped that defense work was Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware taking series off right, and throwing out Shaq Barrett and Shane Ray. And then when you need them on third down, when you need them in the fourth quarter to close it out, Von, you know, Von and D-Ware were ready to go in part because they'd gotten those breathers from Shaq and Shane. And I remember Von and especially DeMarcus saying, man, I, I can learn a lot 
from watching Shane and Shaq rush over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, guys, just the truth is, Ron Darby had his first complete season last year. That was his first time in in six years. Bryce Callahan is still looking for that. We talked to Bryce today, and he said that's one of his big goals is to make it 16 this year, 17 games. He's cut out fast food in order to help with that. He said he wasn't eating it that much, but I think he just kind of tightened it up a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, he he cut it out and says he's living a healthier lifestyle. But do you guys count on those guys to both play 17 games? You can't. You get yourself in a lot of trouble when you do. Yeah. Exactly. So, also, so that's I just where this don't understand professional athletes <laughs> eating fast food. So you really think that they should absolutely take the Von Miller approach of, look, I'm a Ferrari. I'm I'm not putting uh, regular gas in me. A lot of times, I'm like on the player side of these things. Okay. My thought on this is, if you are paid millions of dollars <laughs> and your number one asset is your body, yeah. How are how are you not <laughs> just doing anything and everything? It's not like Von eats like you know, uh, unseasoned chicken and Brussels sprouts every right. night. Like, yeah. he's eating good meals. And what blows my chicken. mind about that, yes, he is eating chicken. Although, you know, Marvin Harrison back in the day subsisted on a diet of McDonald's. That's right. In the prime of his smoking, career, you know, he missed cigars. Two, only two games <laughs> in, like, seven years. And Peyton Manning loved the dude. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I just think... What blows my mind is how are they serving fried food in, in the, the Broncos okay. cafeteria? All right. All right. Every Friday for a long time, it would be like some kind of fast food coming. But in the fried and Friday. Yeah. Well, actually, when it was hilarious. When Mike Shanahan was there, Friday was always pizza. And it, it was this uber greasy pizza. I'm not sure where it was from, but it Sounds was the good. greasiest damn pizza I've ever seen. And then Popeye's fried chicken. Oh. Like you had the, the, the chicken breast, the chicken drumsticks, the red beans and rice, the whole, the, the whole Megillah. And anyway, the thing that would happen is staff got it too. And I believe it, I did not need to be eating it, but I was. <laughs> but then the season would end. And like on, when the first Friday of the off season came around, I had to go out for fried chicken because I was missing mm. that. Fix. But that's what, but that's the thing. Like they're, they're, they're even in the facility and even in recent years, you know, like I remember they had for, they, they, for a while they had pasta J's coming in on Fridays. Wow. They had back when there was a location down in Lone Tree there, they had Freddy's yeah. coming in on Fridays. It just blows my mind. Blows yeah. my mind. I just feel like, it, like <laughs> I said, if your main asset is your body, that's why you're making so much money. You would just do anything and everything you can to keep it in peak condition. Especially yeah. they have a full-time nutritionist on staff. Yeah. <laughs> and they all have plenty of money to eat right. delicious and also healthy foods. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, before we, we are going to get to a big-time standout in that cornerback group today. Uh, but before we do that, I want to give a shout-out to DraftKings Sportsbook, where this week you can bet $1 on any NBA money line and turn that into $100 uh, if you get it right. You've got lots of options. I'm decently confident that you could use it on the Nuggets tonight, but I think there's probably some better options out there. I was going to say, if RK is saying decently confident, yeah. that makes me worried. Yeah, I mean, it's a great series. It's a close yep, series. It is. There's some more lopsided ones out there that you can hop in on. Um, maybe... Hmm. And beads back. You might want the Sixers in the next game. Yeah. Did the Bucks finish that sweep? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't think uh, they so. They did. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, there's some options out there. Make sure you get in on that. One dollar to win a hundred dollars if you're a new user at DraftKings Sportsbook. And of course, you can always get a sign-up bonus up to one thousand dollars when you use the code DNVR. 
at DraftKings Sportsbook. So make sure you do that. Make sure you go download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR when you sign up to get a $1,000 sign-up bonus. Of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprises of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. The deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I mean, we're talking about making money out here, whether it's, you know, eating the right things so you can become a professional athlete to make millions, whether it's on DraftKings picking the right series, or something that we all can do except for you. You have to have a car for this one. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. Oh, some scooter. I'm sure someone can sell you on that. I'm sure we can get you hooked up. And you know what? If you go to Gabby, Ryan, you can get the best best scooter insurance <laughs> coverage out there because they save people hundreds of dollars, nearly $1,000 a year. In fact, sometimes over $1,000. Our guy, D-Line Co., Eric Weedham here, saved $1,300 by using Gabby. I saved over hundreds. A lot of people save over hundreds of dollars per year by using Gabby. And guys, by the time this live pod is over, you will have already done everything you need to do in order to save that money. So go to G-A-B-I, it stands for Get a Better Insurance, G-A-B-I.com slash D-N-V-R. Take five, 10 minutes out of your day, enter in some simple information off the top of your head. They pull from over 40 insurance providers to find the best rate for you. So go to Gabby.com slash D-N-V-R. Also want to tell you about becoming a D-N-V-R member, of course, right now, the Nuggets and Avs in their playoff runs. No better time to become a D-N-V-R member and take advantage of the coverage that we've got of the Avs and, and Nuggets than right now. But there's plenty of other reasons. You've got the DMVR League, that's golf league, that's kicking in later this summer. You've got the Discord where you can chat about the Broncos without dealing with all the crap that you deal with on social media. If you come on down to the DNVR bar and there's a raffle, you get extra raffle tickets at those watch parties to win some, some gear. And, of course, you get that free DMVR shirt with an annual membership and weekly member deals in the DNVR locker. So if you become a DNVR member on an annual basis or more than that, you're, you're going to get the free T-shirt and the discounts at the DMVR locker, and that's basically going to pay for itself, and then you're going to get all the other cool stuff that we've got. And don't forget, of course, about coming down to the DMVR bar. And if you're a member, you get that member beer, big beer for the price of a smaller beer. So many reasons to join our family at the DMVR.com. All right, guys. Well, we talked a little bit about the cornerback rotation without getting into specifics. But, Zach, there was one very specific standout. Today. Yes, there was. And, Ryan, today – well, be, before we get into today, we have a little group chat uh, between you, uh, Brandon, and Andre and I. What's that called? Bama Boys. Bama Boys. That's what's developing on the Broncos field right now. Some Bama Boys are really starting to become standouts. Real quick, the reason why it's called Bama <laughs> Boys, we, we don't just pretend like we're from Alabama. <laughs> it started, the, the group chat started when the first time we went to the Senior Bowl, which of course is in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, just lived on since then. <laughs> So that's where that came from. And uh, the Broncos actually have two guys from Alabama, at least from the University of Alabama, after not drafting anyone from Alabama. They drafted two guys in the first round, and they in just happened to be very good. And those are the guys that really standing out outside of the quarterbacks, and one of them, a rookie from Alabama, playing the cornerback position. Guys, Patrick Sertan, I mean, Mace, I think you and I, after seeing him last week and hearing some comments, we we were gushing about him. Even more so today, one of the things that I saw today, and Jerry Judy, who we'll also talk to, the other Bama boy in this, he is is great. And only getting better from last year, he runs the best routes of anyone on the team. That's fair to say, right? Especially with oh, yeah. Horton Sutton on the sideline. Even with. Today, it, yeah. it's true. 
Today, he tried to put a double move on Sertan, and this would have got so many people that he didn't bite one second. And so it was going to be a double move that then went back up uh, for a touchdown. And I think I think it was Teddy on the field looked that way, just saw how there was no way he was going to be open, turned to the left, I think, through a check down or something. But I just loved seeing that, going against one of the best route runners, uh, maybe even in the NFL right now, there was just no bite from Sertan. And, of course, just kind of stepping back and kind of viewing the entire secondary and its coverages, there you know, there were a lot of plays where the quarterbacks had to take the checkdowns. We, of course, have talked about when Bridgewater was able to push it deep, and oftentimes, like it was, it was, it was something where you're hoping in game situation the quarterback has enough time in the pocket because it took some time for some separation to be generated. But at least within like one, two, three, three and a half seconds, you weren't seeing a lot of of, of open receivers, and you were seeing the quarterbacks take those take those checkdowns uh, underneath the tight ends and outside of the running backs because and that because the defense the defensive backs were doing so well. I mean, it's no surprise that Cream Jackson and Justin Simmons are what they are. It's a little bit of a surprise that Pat Sertan looks the way he does, looks as proficient as he does right now, not like 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 Zach said, not falling for the double move, just kind of continue to put to play there. I've been impressed so far with Ron Darby out there. Darbs Darbs has looked really good. And again, kind of, you know, Bryce Callahan, we know he can make plays. But even Michael Ojemudi, when they go dime, has been solid as well. It's, it is such a deep room right now in the secondary. And uh, you can get that pass rush to go along with it. This, this is where you start being able to say, this defense could be really special if all these pieces come together. It's so interesting to me to hear that stuff about Pat Sertan. Because when I go back and watch his film... A word comes to me that rare, I don't remember ever thinking about this word when I was watching a corner on tape, calm. Mm. He always looks so calm. Yeah. And it's such an interesting characteristic for a corner because how could you be calm when you're, you have no idea what the person is <laughs> yeah. doing, you know, like yeah. you, you have to be so on edge and so alert at all times that you're, you look a little frantic. Most corners just naturally look a little frantic in what they're doing. But you'll watch his tape. He doesn't bite on double moves then either. He's he's so calm and smooth that he's just like, okay, it's coming, it's coming. Oh, he's going. Should I go for it? Nope, he's faking. You know, like mm-hmm. he's very in control. And it looks in college like the game is moving really slow for yep, him. Yep, and that's what we're already seeing and I think translating to the double moves. And we even heard that after practice today. Vic Fangio is someone that will give out compliments, but not if it's not earned. And I think he was asked about uh, the, the two young safeties. Uh, and he wasn't afraid to say they're learning a lot right now. And, you know, once they're able to learn everything, then the game's going to come in them faster. I think it was Bryce Callahan talking about, uh, uh, about Sertan after said, He's learning the defense really fast. And that's and he said that's hard to do in Vic Fangio's defense. And if anyone knows that, it's Kyle Fuller and, and Bryce Callahan because they've been in Vic's defense longer than anyone else. So, I mean, this praise is translating to the field, but there's also stuff that we aren't seeing on the field that's translating too. I mean, you wonder where, Kyle Fuller, where and how Kyle Fuller is going to fit in because the secondary looks good even as constituted. Yeah. It, it's true. It's an embarrassment of riches if you threw Kyle Fuller in there. And you and the thing with Fuller, I'm not worried about him missing the time because he's played you know, a good chunk of his career in this defense. He should have a, a a shorter learning curve than anybody else there. But it is interesting to, to look at how well that secondary is functioning 
without him and saying, okay, you know, where, you know, uh, what happens? How do you divide the time? That's why I think, okay, your notion of, of kind of shuttling guys in and out and making sure that they're staying fresh is something that has a lot of merit. If you can go five deep with guys you trust, then why wouldn't, why wouldn't you, you give each of them a breather now and then again to keep them fresh? And if it works, if all goes to plan, it might actually help the Bryce Callahan's uh, and Ronald Darby yeah, stay, stay healthy. healthy. Yeah, exactly. And so today, when it was just those three, with Kyle Fuller not there, not a surprise. You saw Bryce inside, and then you saw uh, Callahan, or not Callahan, Darby and Sertan on the outside, just as we thought. But there's been a lot of talk, specifically from Vic, saying, you know, Sertan needs to learn every position. He needs to be able to play inside. We may see him inside. When push comes to shove, guys, they're not going to put Callahan on the outside and have Sertan inside. They're going to do what makes sense. And, and I'm happy to see that, that they're not going to force something weird because Callahan's one of the best slot corners in the game right now. Darby's good on the outside. Keep Sertan on the outside. So you're going to see, unless it needs to happen, you're going to see Sertan on the outside as it should be. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I love hearing that Sertan is making that, that transition so smooth. It's, I don't know, it's just one of those things Certain guys just have a football makeup, and he very clearly is coming from football DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's going to really, really help him with this. It just does, football is second nature to certain guys. And I think for him, that's sure what it sounds like. If he's the type of person who can pick up Vic Fangio's defense quickly, yep. mm-hmm. it makes sense why they were so in love with him in the draft. It's not just the player. It's also where they're from as well. Because the way he kind of is is completely unruffled by everything, it reminds seeing and seeing the Alabama guys kind of like that. It reminds me of uh, the Miami guys back in the day when Miami ruled college football. I remember DJ Williams coming in here in '04, and he came from out of the U and just immediately stepped right in and looked comfortable. Nothing yep. didn't bat an eye. And there's something to be said for coming from those college programs that closely approximate NFL shops to where it's going to be, it's going to be easier and you're not going to be thrown off by it when, when the standard at those programs is so high. Yeah. Speaking of the standard at those programs, the last guy <laughs> I want to touch on here, we talked a little bit about him and you heard his name. I mean, if you were listening closely during the quarterbacks portion of this show, this guy's name, Oh, and then he had a completion to Judy and then he had that other completion to Judy. <laughs> and then he found Judy. Jerry Judy was popping up a lot today. Both quarterbacks looking his way. And why would you not, especially with Cortland Sutton not participating in seven-on-sevens, far and away the best receiver on the field. And he's doing it everywhere. He's doing it deep. He's doing it short. He's doing it outside. He's doing it on the inside. He's coming underneath, getting the checkdowns. And that's what you love to see, that he's not a one-dimensional player. I don't think anyone thought he was. But he's really growing in this offense. And that's one of the things he talked about after practice was, and speaking of calm, he seemed a lot more calm on the field also when we talked to him. And he said one of the things last year was it seemed like it was just uh, he, he was thinking too much. And he was thinking about what move is he going to make before catching the pass. And then so he would try to make that move without catching the ball. Now he's saying, okay, things are slowing down for me. And then another key thing for him, and I thought that this was just huge that he realized, uh, was the timing of routes and how important that is. Because he knows he can get separation, but sometimes he was trying to get separation by doing too many things with his route running, and it threw the route off, so he would end up being half a second late too early and now he knows okay I can do one move to get open on this route but this other route I'm the third read 
So I have an extra second to make an extra move to get some separation, and then it'll come to me. That is that next-level thinking from a wide receiver, and I'd love to see Jerry taking that just his second year. There's another thing also in play. He didn't really touch on this, but uh, he, he, men- he did mention how uh, Bridgewater is, a, is good at making an anticipatory throw. Mm-hmm. And one thing with Jerry Judy, so a lot of his struggles last year were on him, but there is that stat that he had, I think, with the second highest percentage of uncatchable passes that were targeted to him. So passes that he couldn't do anything about. Forget about the drops, the ones that just he, he wasn't getting to. And you wonder what kind of impact that had on him mentally, whereas if you're in a situation where there's a bit more accuracy and you can trust the ball is going to be there and you know that if you do your job as a route runner, that ball is going to be pretty going to be pretty much on target. And I wonder if that is sort of kind of setting him free a little bit watching him because he today he looked more comfortable, more settled, more confident, which is saying a lot because he's a confident guy. But he looked more confident than I've ever seen him before. And it's clear his confidence was shaken at some yeah. point last yeah. year. Um, but I love that he said that about the timing of routes because it's so funny. You'll go and you'll get a zoomed-in angle of just Jerry in the corner, and he does, like, three little hezzies, and then he cuts in on the slant, and it's like, oh, my God, he cooked that guy. Yep. Zoom out to the all-22. Well, what happened? While he was doing three jukes, Drew looked that way, Right. had to wait for him, as he was waiting for him, someone breaks through. Drew has to take a step back. He throws off his back foot. It's over its head. It's a pick. It's whatever. Right. That type of stuff is so important. The quarterback needs to be able to go through his reads on time. And the wide receivers have a responsibility in that too. Now, what Drew probably should have done is when he looked over there and he was in the middle of, you know, his – it's just gone through it. Yep. But he probably knew he's going to come open. So I'll just right. try and wait another half second. Mm-hmm. doesn't work that way a lot of the times unless your offensive line is playing really well. So – um, it's, I, I love that Jerry's seeing that because it's not, it's not this big problem of, well, he's taking right. so much time on all of his breaks. It's a little minor detail yep. that you can go in and you can say, okay, if I'm the first read on a slant, I need to make one move and go. And if I'm covered, I'm covered, but then Drew can go on or Teddy can go on to the next read. And that's why you hear about these players making these big jumps between year one and year two, because year one, I'm going to. I'm going to cook this corner, watch this crazy move. Year two, you're saying, all right, I got one move. I got to beat him with it. Yeah, exactly. And and we're already seeing that. And guys, if he just improves on these two things, which is something he says he has down, he's a thousand-yard receiver easily this year in my mind. Yeah. He's going crazy this year. I'm I'm putting my name on it right yeah. now. Like, I've been confident in Jerry Duty from, from day one. This is a breakout year for him. Regardless of quarterback, he's definitely over a thousand I think years. it's him and Fant that both have breakout years. And I think like today on on offense they were the two stars, and the and when they were generating separation with their routes, and the quarterbacks were finding them. I mean that's it was just it, it was chunk after chunk that they were able to get. And I don't and you throw Cortland Sutton in there, now you're getting into a situation where I don't know if many teams have the ability to cover all three of them. Yeah, at the, the Broncos same time. do. Yeah, <laughs> not many. And then, it, and then it comes down to the quarterback just making the good decision. Because, and then you got Tim Tim Patrick potentially, and you know what he can, you know what he can do, and how reliable he is. The quarterback simply just has to throw, has to make the smart decision, throw to the open man, 
don't force it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's something that uh, we're, we're going to see. And guys, what we're finding out from Vic, this quarterback competition is going to go a long time. I mean, we're, we're just about 100 days away from the start of the regular season. I think we're 90 days away from finding out Don't who the quarterback is Don't going to be. This is going to be something that maybe three months we're away from finding out. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Come unless, on, Aaron. Unless it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Which, happy June 1st, by the yes. way, guys. June 1st, a lot of people on Twitter today saying, What's where's happening? the news? <laughs> well, for starters, it's post-June 1st, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so tomorrow. Beyond that, if we're reading the tea leaves here, it doesn't look like anything's imminent. No, no, it certainly doesn't. I mean, this just like the Broncos quarterback uh, competition is taking a while, the Aaron Rodgers thing is going to take a long time, guys. I think that uh, either Aaron's going to have to come out and say something, which I don't think happens uh, anytime soon, or we're going to have to get to the point where he's missing training camp. He's missing preseason games. He's maybe even missing the beginning of the season for the Packers to say, Okay, you're not bluffing. We'll finally trade you. At the same time, though, if you're Green Bay, it, if it becomes apparent that he's not going to play, then and they don't know that Jordan Love is the guy, it behooves him to get somebody in there sooner. And so that's the one thing where I think if something happens, it's it ends up being after minicamp and maybe right at the start of training camp. Like if it's apparent that he's not going to come in for training camp and they're like, okay, we got to get somebody else in here. If that's, I kind of think that they know if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, they're effed. So it's might as well try and hang out. on as long as you can. And once he's gone, he's gone. We're going to go 5-11 and 11 anywhere, 5-12. and 12. My biggest concern with that, Mason, you, you may very well be right that they would want a quarterback in return. That's bad news for the Broncos. Right now, I think if the, if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, it, he's coming to Denver. It's going to be the Broncos. If it's... They, they want to make a move earlier because they want to get a quarterback in return and upgrade that position a ton. Could be just Teddy Bridgewater they want to come in. And just somebody to... Well, then that's... Just somebody to be there. that. Just somebody to be there if Jordan Love's not not ready. And then if they decide Love isn't the guy, then with the draft capital they've, acu- they've accumulated, it might not matter if they go 11-6 and six with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. They have so many picks that they can easily work their way up and put themselves in the how in the Howell and Rattler sweepstakes next year. But no offense, I mean, f- Teddy Bridgewater was just traded to the Broncos for a sixth-round pick. It, it's not like he's this no, super, but Mace super is saying, tough. Yeah. Right, you just want to get you want to get the quarterback in there, especially if they don't think Jordan Love is ready, just to get him up to speed by the time the season starts. Man, and if they're concerned about that, then, I mean, well, they've already handled a lot of this wrong. That would just be worrying about timing of Teddy Bridgewater in order to trade Aaron Rodgers, I think is uh, is wrong. The hard part for me in kind of dissecting this is you have to assume, I like to assume logic, but the Packers aren't acting logically. Right. They, Just it, like the comment here. Who yes. says, this is like not letting your girlfriend leave after she broke up with you. Don't make it weird. Right. <laughs> They're making it very weird. Yes, they are. <laughs> by, by his words, by his actions, even, even though he hasn't said it, you know, clear. Okay, he was just tap dancing around. If you heard the comment about the wedding crasher scene last week that Aaron Rodgers made to Ke- to Kenny Maine, that said everything about where he stands. He's mo- he's moving on. He wants them to get to the point where they say they're moving on. They let's all to move giving on. Giving up the ghost. Let's let's all move on. You know, you get you know, throw a couple miles at me and 
Let's all move on. Well, Ryan, I mean that—that's too cryptic. Ryan, you use—you you use the relationship. But that's one. how he operates. He's always well, been he's, a little bit cryptic and well, he's calculated in what he says. Forward, because Ryan, you mentioned the the relationship one last week, where if you text a girl and she just responds "f you, f you, f you," and you're like, "Hey, maybe there's still something," and you keep and you still get the "f you." Aaron Rodgers has not said the "f you." He said, "No, he is behind closed doors." Yeah, but, he, uh, but he's well, like, he's take, gonna have to take the "f you" and put the screenshot. On social but media. But he also doesn't want to have an entire fan base thinking yeah. that is angry at him. I think, and, and but that's how you're still and eating it too. Right. He, but he's going to have to give or choose here. He's right, going to have to go back. But he clearly still cares about the pe- the people that have supported him, he, whether it's his coaches, teammates. Well, then go back and play and fans. if you care he, about he, them. He, he cares about them. He just, he, but there are, but man, the management issues in his mind are such to where that pollutes everything. So, really, so he wants to have what he likes about football. Which is the camaraderie, playing it, having a chance to win, without what he doesn't like about football, which appears to be Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy. So right there. So I think it's going to have to get ugly, one way or another. Ugly. Roger show, Rogers showing up, <laughs> not showing up to OTAs, not a big deal. Kyle Fuller isn't showing up to OTAs. Is it ugly? Melvin no. Gordon is it a good look? I mean, certainly it's not a good look. But is it is it ugly? No. It's good. And missing mandatory minicamp, I don't think that's that big of a deal. Didn't Tom Brady do that two years ago with the Patriots? And again, good luck. No. Ugly. No. I think it's going to get ugly to the point of him having to come out and say something and alienate the fan base in order to get him out of there or not show up to training camp, that sort of thing. That's when it's ugly. Do you guys see it resolving itself without that? I do, yeah. Okay, so how and when? So you think that happened before training camp? I just think eventually the Packers are going to come to terms with the fact that they they can either not have him and get nothing other than $30 million or Mm -hmm. they can not have him and get something. Yeah. And they're just going to say, let's take the something. Before camp. Before camp. Okay. That would be the best for I everyone, mean, that's for sure. You hope so. The logical thing would be to happen this week. Or the other yeah. thing that happens is they give him whatever he wants because I, I really do think he has given them some sort of ultimatum. You give me this, I'll come back. It could just be firing Gutekunst. And that's or, why I don't think there's the Julio Jones. text. Or give him Julio Jones. That's, that's the one <laughs> thing that if they did, I think Aaron Rodgers would come back. Is Julio? Yeah, that's an easy move. If you're <laughs> it's them. very easy, so especially go, you, you hear. Well, uh, you, well, know, you got to squeeze that contract picks. in. That's the problem. You I mean, make it happen. You make it happen. Find a way, but that, that's the one. It's thing. a lot easier than finding a way to repair but, a bridge. With <laughs> and that and that requires the Packers have to go outside their box. The Pack Green Bay as an organization, they don't like kicking things down the road. They don't like these wacky restructures that uh, allow you to somehow squeeze a guy in right now, but. Uh, Kind of like the Saints. Like the, the Packers would never do what the Saints do. That is just not their MO. So Green Bay has to think outside of its own box here and say, all right, if we, if we want to make Aaron Rodgers happy, yeah, getting Julio Jones means we have to adjust like three or four other contracts, this, that, the other. But can you do that? Sure. We have seen teams around the league do that over the years, but that has not been something that the Packers as an organization have been willing to do. And the Packers, it is, you know, the, the, the pace of life in Green Bay is slow and the pace at which the Packers seem to change and evolve and adapt is equally slow. Well, we are going to talk plenty more about Aaron Rodgers the rest of this week, I'm sure. Yes. And yeah. maybe even in the comment section on the second half of the pod here. So we're going to move over to the comment section where we read all comments or most comments uh, from people who come in and leave us if they're a DNVR member. You can do that, of course, 
if you become a DNVR member. Uh, and of course, you can listen to our podcast anywhere you download podcasts. Just search Broncos. We're the first one that comes up. And really quick, Ryan, before we get out of here, speaking of our family and members, we just hit 10,000 hey. followers on Twitter at over at DNVR Broncos. So thank you all so much for making that happen. I, it is such an honor to be rolling with all of you and every single one of you. We really appreciate it. And let's just keep growing this fam on YouTube, on Twitter, and Thank you so much for rolling with us. And hit us with a thumbs up and a subscribe right now on YouTube. We would really appreciate it. It really helps us. All right, moving over to the pod. We'll see you then. All right, before we move on, a shout-out to our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee, where you can get Strava sent straight to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks, and plus get 20% off every single time they do that. It's a pretty sweet deal. But an even sweeter deal to get you in the door at Strava Craft Coffee is right now they're offering you 25% off when you use the code DNVR25 at checkout. That's right. If you use the code DNVR25 at checkout, you're going to get 25% off your first purchase from Strava Craft Coffee. Then once you realize that you love it, you'll sign up for their subscription model, and they'll send it straight to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks without you having to think about it, and you'll get 20% off every time then. Amazing deal. Check out Strava Craft Coffee and get that CBD-infused coffee in your life. Also got to tell you about our friends over at Solace Meds one more time because we love them. And they're only blocks away from us on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. They have a location in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, and Broadway as well. And they've got some smoking hot deals for this month in June. They've got 15% off all gold shelf concentrates, 20% off all Wana tinctures and tarts, 20% off Mountain Select cartridges. They have 20% off Blues Brothers joint packs, 25% off uh, Conan gummies. They've got so many deals, guys. And they're also doing weekly vendor pop-ups in June. And if you head to their Wheat Ridge location, you can grab a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code as well. And of course, that code is DNVR20 to get 20% off and get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. Two things that you need in your life with 20% off. So make sure to check them out. Smash that code. Look for all of those deals that they've got going on this month over at Solace Meds. Or, of course, you can check them out online. S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. Something else you need in your life is some damn good beef. From our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. And guess what? You can get some of that damn good beef at the DNVR bar. So now you can get the Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef Burger. You can build it with all the toppings that you want, although it's so good, so tasty. You're not going to need to slather in toppings. Really just slice a tomato, a little bit of lettuce, slice of onion, maybe a drizzle of ketchup and mustard. That's all you're going to need to enjoy a delicious Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef Burger at the DNVR Bar. And now, guess what? If you order from them, they're offering DNVR listeners buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are lean and very flavorful. They're great for carne asada on the grill. I can attest to that. They should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving. If you want to marinate, like I said, carne asada, let it marinate. Put it out there on the grill. You cook it right. It's going to be tremendous. So check out those flank steaks. They're $9.99, and they're buy three, get one free over at Hassle Cattle Company. Make sure you use that code DNVRFLANK at checkout. That's D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout for that buy three, get one free deal. And of course, they've still got the code DNVR10 to get 10% off your order. And of course, if you get $200 worth of beef from there, you're going to get free shipping. So DNVR10, 10% off. Get that order, $200 is 20 bucks off, and you get free shipping. That's like getting 40 bucks off. And 
probably got room in your freezer, so go ahead, buy some extra beef, and then you're ever sitting there on a day, you don't know what to fix. I got nothing, I've got nothing in my fridge. And you look in the freezer, you got some ground beef from Hassle Cattle Company. Thaw it out, get some, make some burgers, you're gonna be good to go. So check out our friends over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Get some of that blue-collar wagyu. They it's the best damn wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Get that today. Yeah, uh, I've yet to have anything from Hassle that wasn't like elite tier. That's what it is. And guys, this is killing me. Just thinking of the Hassle Cattle Company right now and not having lunch in front of my face. And well, it just get what? DNVR bar opens in less than an hour. Less than an hour. There get we go. Wagyu there burger. we go. Can get the Wagyu burger here. And uh, the food talk just continues with our first comment coming in from Ace. Yeah, Count Loculus says, Would you rather for the rest of your life have to eat PB&J wherein there's too much peanut butter and not enough jelly, or way too much jelly and not enough peanut butter. Love the count. So I'm a heavy peanut butter guy on my no. PBJs. Yeah. Ryan, there's only one right answer to this, and it's not the one you no, said. No, 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 no. So the thing about the peanut butter, so I've been known to just call a PB&J, that's my meal, you know, especially if you've had, like, a big lunch or something. Yeah. Then just, like, dinner, you're just like, you know what, I'm just going PB&J. Wow. But there's only one part of this meal that delivers you the nutrients you need, really, and that is the protein that comes along with your peanut butter. So you got to go heavy protein to fill you up, and it's a slow-burning protein, so uh, it can keep you full throughout the day. I guess that's my issue is I've never had a PB&J for dinner. Like, it, it's mm. uh, a This was a long debate, thing. remember? <laughs> the three-meal food. Yes, yes. And I, I can see it. I just haven't done it. But I guess if you're going dinner, you can go peanut butter. But come on, loading it up with jelly mace, that's the way to go. Yeah, and the thing is, with all respect to peanut butter, a lot of the flavor is going to come from the jelly. So I think if you if you have way too much jelly, that kind of gives you more room for flavor variety. Whereas way too much peanut butter, you're not going to have much jelly. It's all, it's You're not going to get as much of an impact from the jelly. So I've, I've got to go with the jelly here. Mm, ganging up on you. I go hard on both. Yeah. Like, when I'm just making one, there's no extenuating circumstances. A lot of peanut butter, a lot of jelly. You put peanut butter on both slices of bread, right? Um, No. That's what you should do. That was a trick my dad taught me. Wow. That's loading up the protein. Yeah. Protein! I, I can't believe it. I just put, like, a thick layer on one. <laughs> if you're Mr. Peanut Butter, I can't believe that you don't do that. Because here's the thing. If you, get, if you get peanut butter on both slices of bread, and then you get just the right amount of jelly, the peanut butter is going to keep that in and keep it from leaking. So you're going to have a clean sandwich. Right. Stops the leakage. Yeah. That's important in sandwiches. Wow. I just learned a lot right here. Next one coming <laughs> in from Jason 17. He said, this is a quote from Ron Swanson. Fishing relaxes me. It's like yoga, except I get to kill something. There wow. we go from Ron Swanson. Other than watching sports with a nice Breck brew, what are you guys' favorite ways to relax? Happy Monday, and here's to a great week. You know what? I'm totally lame, but it's it's watching sports for me, especially Watching a game I don't care about. Like, for example, I'm not an Avs fan. I'm a Lightning fan. Lightning Hurricanes on Sunday, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Avs, come on. Just enjoyed watching the game. Mm. That was relaxing. It was quite enjoyable. All you could do was enjoy yourself. (laughs) For the Lightning, it was 2-1. I mean, it was, you know, the Hurricanes were out shooting them. They They had kind of better control of the flow of things. I mean, it was basically two and a half hours, and I was the worst kind of company. I don't really know what nerve-wracking hockey is watching the abs right now. 
you know. Yeah, seriously, it's been pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's been pretty smooth sailing. They need to be battle tested though. Here, they they. So what? This they, is their best battle, and they just beat them. 7-1. I know that's what, but they 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 need a game where it's tough. I had a dream this weekend. I I told this on bets. I'll probably tell it on the second episode of bets <laughs> too, um, where I was at the Avs Stanley Cup parade. Oh, and I was talking to AJ. And I was like, man, if only they wouldn't have lost that game to Winnipeg <laughs> and would have just swept the entire playoff. So, in, according to my dream, Avs beat Vegas in four, Winnipeg in five, <laughs> and then someone in the Stanley Cup Finals in four. That? I love it. I love it. And you're disappointed at the parade. Yeah, well, I just wanted to be the first, I assume, the first team ever who swept their way right through the Stanley Cup playoffs. I would have to think. Has that ever happened in baseball or um It only happened in basketball. Bas- back. 1983, it was a, and now it was a, the famous uh, Moses Malone quote. Now, I think they only had to go through three rounds at the time because there were only 12 teams in the playoffs. And Moses Malone said, "We're gonna win fo fo fo," but they didn't end up being fo five fo. So close, like what you're saying? Said <laughs> <laughs> there'd be four four five four. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, my way of relaxing is golf. Um. It's to me like the perfect thing that you would do to relax you get to play like a little sport you're outside you're with friends a couple drinks um it's actually why i have like a little bit of a disconnect with a with a large group of my friends who when they golf they really want to like bet hard on it they want to go mj style and like uh, that's fun but it's not relaxing right and for me it's like this is like my this is my getaway you know like i've come to the golf course to hang out with my buddies and just shoot the shit Yep. And like, we're going to play like, you know, $20 a hole or whatever, which is still at, it makes every shot stressful. Oh yeah. So, so do you stay away? Uh, no, I will, but okay. it just, I pick and choose my spots. I know right. not to play with them if I'm looking for a relaxing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nothing relaxing about that. That's yep. like when you have a big, big, big money on a game. Right. Nothing relaxing. Also my new favorite course over here, city park, right down the street yep. uh, from the DNVR bar. It is almost impossible to get a tea time there, but they do have these like six thirty, seven 7am mm. tea times. Oh, yeah. That takes the relaxation to even another, another level. It's yeah. like actually quiet in the city and like, yeah, uh, you get out there. The birds are chirping. Yeah, sun's just coming up. Some dew on the grass over the city too, because you get the city city skyline from yep. there. It's nice, man. That's nice. I love being outside, going on uh, on hikes in the mountains. Kind of like you're saying that calm morning vibe. I feel like that lasts a little longer in the mountains, mm. and uh, so absolutely love that. Great question there, Jason. Next one coming in from Casper, fellas. With all the other talent on this year's defense, will it make it harder for Draymond Jones to get noticed by a national? Audience. I actually think it's going to make it easier yep. because it'll give him a chance to get sacks because he's going to face more one-on-ones. So with the attention that you give Chubb and Miller on the flanks and even Shelby elsewhere on the interior, I think it sets Draymond up from to maybe have a sack tally that actually does result in him getting noticed. Just look at Malik Jackson. Mm-hmm. No one knew who he was before that season. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knew true. who he was by yeah. the end of it. Very true. Melbourne Bronco says, hi, guys. Awesome three-ring circus this week. Loved it. As is popular in Australia, with AFL and cricket, every team names its team of the century. A panel picked the best players in every position. Just wondering if the Broncos did the same. I haven't found anything on Google. Would be a great exercise. A few players pick themselves. Elway, TD, Atwater, Sharp. Might be hard to do from the varying formations, but interesting. I believe Mace was on the panel that selected this team. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, obviously some fan voting, but also Jim Sakamano and myself. 
uh, put helped uh, put together the Broncos top 100 for the uh, 60th season. We did that before the 2019 campaign. And it's kind of interesting to think, has anything changed since then? Bradley Chubb, by getting to a Pro Bowl, probably has mm. worked his way into the top 100. Who is number 100? Oh, I don't want to say. That's not fair. Okay. <laughs> I know, let's put it this, put this way. I know who 97, 98, 99, and 100. But oh, was I, it not ranked? I was Like it publicly had, it wasn't when ranked? When it was getting down to it, because obviously the fan voting was, was kind of <laughs> toward the guys that were in like the top put 50, 60, blast. 70. <laughs> getting, you know, getting the, when we kind of got to the last few, we, there, we cl- pretty clearly had like 95 to 100. That, and out of respect to those guys, I don't want to say, to say who they are, but you'd probably think that um, Chubb would be on the list. Garrett Bowles may have worked his way on. Oh, oh my one. god! <laughs> it's not. I don't think that's good for the Broncos. No, but he was right. an all, literally right. an All Pro. I know. Justin and, and I know Justin Simmons. If we were making that list today, would be on the top one hundred. The, he just missed then. These aren't one season, right? These are career like players' career. Man, does Garrett Bowles make it? I mean, the have there been a hundred All Pros? Well, that's the thing. The Broncos haven't had a hundred guys make All. But don't you get weighed down by three? Low average seasons at best. Do you weight him out, or do you just take the best part of them? He was a starter. It's not like he and now there wasn't anybody to bench him for, but it's not like he was on the bench. Fair, yeah. I, I mean, you know the you know the last five, so true. I'll <laughs> take your word for yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. That's just that's a secret that I think Jim and I will take to the grave. Wow, who the last five were on that list? <laughs> quite, quite the thing to take to the grave. Well, no, it's just I, I don't I don't want a guy to think, oh, okay, I was number one hundred. I mean, we it, can tweet it right now. We have ten thousand <laughs> followers on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. uh, for yeah. maybe the dingo ate your baby. If Patrick Sertan doesn't start, it's because of blank. And I love what the count said. So I just have to go with that. They can only list two starting cornerbacks on the official depth chart. I wish they would just go ahead and have the the starting defense that they put on the depth chart be reflect what they're running a majority of the time. Or just do like um, a drop-down chart that says starting base, mm-hmm. starting nickel, yes. starting right. dime. Right, and you should get credit for that. Yeah. Um, I'll add to that and say it's because the coaching staff is stubborn. Um, it's because he's a rookie. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, they're stubborn because he's a rookie. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, so I, I like that. So so if you're opening a nickel, then who's he starting for? Callahan, Darby, or Fuller? <laughs> We've done this before. <laughs> I know, uh, I'm saying Callahan. Yeah. It's uh, tough. Darby. Or how much is Fuller hurting himself? I mean, probably not right now a lot. I think it comes down to mandatory minicamp, right? He'll be, he'll be there. Is Javante Williams, or be. sorry, is Melvin Gordon hurting himself? He should be. Okay. I, I, well, I, he shouldn't be. We haven't himself. seen I any, think he's but we haven't hurting. seen any run plays just yet. That's the, because yeah, they have, we won't, true. we probably won't see any run plays until next week when they actually start doing some team reps. Yeah. It'd be funny if Melvin showed up then. <laughs> yeah, would it be smart? <laughs> yeah. Next one's from Schweed. Hey, King. So I'm a pretty casual Utah Jazz fan. And while watching these series between them and the Memphis Grizzlies, I've noticed what makes the Grizzlies really entertaining, entertaining to watch physicality, well, as much as you can have in the NBA. I really think this has been the one of the biggest things missing from the Broncos since 2016 and has made them bad and boring, the worst combination. That's why I'm excited for this next year. The team has gotten more of a f- more physical with the additions of Javante Williams, Pat Sertan, Quinn Miners, and Baron Browning. If the Broncos can come into the year with the mindset of we may not be able to win the game, but you know, you're going to know you played us tomorrow when we beat, uh, and when you're beat up, 
This is going to be at least an exciting year. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Except when you look at this team, I don't think they're like a, a pound and, and grind your team. Physical is their name. I mean, we look at all these weapons, and yeah, they do have weapons at running back, but they're going to be spreading the ball out. You, you didn't get Patrick Sertan because he pummels people, even though he can do that, but your secondary isn't guys that are, are going to keep you entertained by tackling people. And I'm not even sure what, I mean, I think it's different things that are entertaining different people. I'm not sure that a lot of people would define kind of being entertaining to watch in the way Schweed does. Yeah, the physicality, right. that's kind of like old school. Because the reason they were bad and boring, you go back to, say, 2017, 2018, 2019, Emmanuel is losing a step. Demarius is losing a step. The quarterbacks can't force the ball downfield. There's no there's no dynamic threat at tight end. C.J. Anderson, 2017, was kind of a pl- uh, a plugger of a running back. There there wasn't a lot of dynamism to the offense back then. You know what excites? That's me? what made them. That's what made it boring. You know what excites me? Touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I think that would excite a lot of people. And that is the. Only thing I will accept as exciting play for the Broncos <laughs> this year. I just care about touchdowns. Yeah, fair. Maybe turnovers. So touchdowns and turnovers. Or takeaways, to be more T. clear. Right. Yep. That's Four the only surprise. way I'll be entertained. Or maybe, so that's a TT combination. What about this TT combination coming in from Jason17? Tim Tebow, over 12 and a half yards on the season, plus 105 or 125 odds, and over half touchdowns at plus 225 on DraftKings. What do you guys think? <sighs> I mean, you're getting good odds right now because there's no guarantee that he's going to make the team. Mm-hmm. If he makes the team, it's going over. Yep, easy. Yeah. And then I think these odds have to shoot up. They're right? going to shoot. You, the number's going to go up to, yeah. I would guess, over 50. And the rumblings yeah. that they're working on packages for him at quarterback. <laughs> I, I take I, honestly. I take this right now because if oh, they're working on too. packages for him, they're going to find a way to squeeze him on the. He's roster. getting in the end zone if he makes the team. Yep, and he's making the team. I think. Ugh. Will he score against the Broncos? Oh my good! Urban will probably want to hook his guy up. Yeah, you know, going up against his former team. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! How how about that? <laughs> Especially what if they if lose to the Jags oh because Tebow has like three rushing? What, touchdowns? what if he catches a touchdown, rushes a touchdown, and passes? One. Just kill me right now! <laughs> like, can you imagine the Tebow stands and are in the everyone's mentions being like, "This is what the Broncos deserve." They would never go away yeah. ever. I, I might I might make my Twitter account private for followers only if that happens. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Next one from Mark IT Snatch. Well, with no pod yesterday, let's double up. Who's the one Carolina Panther that you couldn't get on board with, but you'd be driving the train with if he were here in Denver or Tampa? And then he also asked this about a Falcon. So, a Falcon or Panther? A Panther, I'll go Steve Smith. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, oh. Like, he was real annoying, yep. but he would have been awesome in Denver. What about Cam Newton, too? Yeah. For a limited time. Yep. The right sample period. Yeah, I mean... It's a great what if. What if the Panthers had drafted Von Miller? Yeah. Instead of Cam. Yeah. Would it have been Crazy. the same Super Bowl outcome? Would have been would they have met in Super Bowl fifty? Maybe. Mace, who's like your the Panther? Broncos you might know have that ended team. up getting more. Yeah. You know what? Um Chris Jenkins was not the greatest human being in the world, but as an interior as an interior force and a guy who was actually straight cash money blocking kicks. I would take Chris Jenkins in a second, but I I know that he was not the most well thought of guy in that building in when I was when I worked there. So that's my Panther. 
I'll go. Oh, you have a Panther. But I, I like Steve oh, Smith. You said Cam. Cam. See, that's the thing. I really like Steve Smith. Yeah, I mean, I just huge thought, fan. So he wouldn't qualify here. I, lo- I, it's very rare for me to not like someone. So like, I'm choosing guys that were like kind of annoying, right? You know, because I love Steve Smith too. But like, when you you didn't like playing against him, you guys would have liked covering him. He's oh, one I of the bet. most interesting people I've ever been around. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And, and it's smart, like smart, but definitely tempestuous and. The thing, and you know, he got into a couple of fights over the cor- with teammates over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of those guys that, uh, if you're not on his level in terms of intensity, he doesn't understand it. Yeah, he runs only at one speed. Yeah, yep. Uh, for the Falcons, I think I'll go Matt Ryan. That's actually a good one. Where I don't really like Matt Ryan, but if he was a Bronco, you wouldn't really have a choice. He's good. Yeah, that that that's a great answer. I'll go Tevin Coleman. And the reason is because I just couldn't stand him after that Broncos game because he broke the Broncos, and we've only seen bad football since. But he broke the Broncos because he was good. So he would have been a good addition. Easy answer for me, Deion Sanders. Oh, yeah. Mm. Did not like did not like Deion. Did not like the way he uh, danced in Tampa Bay's end zone back in 1992. <laughs> but, man, you wished you had him on the team. And that's actually what the count said as well. Yeah. He agreed with you. Last Great one Great minds here. and fools, right? From T Wood 16. I'm happy we, we get to hear coverage of OTAs this year. Shout out to all of your great work. It makes me happy seeing the amount of interaction and growth of DNVR on Twitter for both the Broncos and Av. Sorry, guys, I'm not fully into the Nuggets yet. Good time to jump on. Anyways, I'm trying to get hyped about the QB battle. I personally think Drew will win. But with only seven on seven and uh, Teddy having good throws deep, I'm just waiting till there's a pass rush and he's back to checking it down to never going deep. So. When will the full 11-on-11 11 11 start? I'm guessing that will be training camp only. Thanks. Yeah, Good week. news for you. Yeah. Next week. That's So we're out there, I think, one day next week or two. Correct. One, one or two. Not not exactly sure yet. Right. So we're going to be out there at least once next week. And then the week after that, mini camp will be out there every day. Mm-hmm. And they should be doing team period work then as well. So we're going to get the first glimpse at that. I don't, again, don't think it's going to determine who the guy is, but it's the first piece of the puzzle that will fall into place yeah and Vic today said he hopes that uh you know one of these guys makes it easy on them to decide well if they're making it easy on them throughout mini camp and the start of training camp just name a starter Vic don't wait don't wait don't drag this out please don't drag (laughs) this out let me ask you this if you had to name a starter today just like it was under the gun you have to decide today which do you think is more likely to get you a better season See, the funny thing oh. about this competition is I don't know if it matters that much. Mm. It might be the difference between one win, maybe two. Man, so they did a good job bringing in, like, true competition for Drew then. Yeah, mm. true competition, but... Big upgrade? No. No. I mean, you got, you got him for a sixth-round pick, so how could you I expect? Mean, and, and that's the thing. You can see it, like, it used, like I said, you wish you could kind of trans, transfer that arm talent to to Teddy, Teddy or transfer the placement right. to Drew that te- that Teddy has. The thing I kind of come back to though, and why I would say if you had to choose right now would be Teddy, is that you can figure out how to make an offense work with a guy who doesn't have a lot of arm strength but is good at placement. If you've got a guy who's fire who's a, got a howitzer but is spraying it all over, that is that that's tough to work with, and that's why if they had to decide today, fortunately they don't. I should say, fortunately for Drew, they don't. If they had to decide today, I think it'd be Teddy. 
Yeah, and and clearly these first two practices, it, it has been Teddy. And Ryan, I hope that uh, they're telling Drew to, to play the way that he's playing right now, and it's not him holding himself back. But we'll find out next week when it's 11-on-11. 11 11. Something yep. I noticed today. Did you notice how Teddy was kind of coaching up guys? Mm. Coaching teammates. He was kind of coaching up guys after the snap. When he faded back, he was directing traffic. They're just... I hope Drew can learn from watching Teddy because there are things in terms of the cerebral part of the game that Teddy can that Teddy can do that Drew isn't there yet. And maybe he can learn that by watching and get better at that. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. Well, uh, one place that doesn't have to learn by watching, they already know how to do it. It's Green Mountain Dental Group down there in Lakewood, just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. Uh, a great spot to go get any dental work done if you need it done. So many of our DNVR family members have switched over and become a part of the Green Mountain Dental family, which really is all just one big family because they're Denver sports fans just like you. So head down to Green Mountain Dental Group, sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam and get a free Sonicare toothbrush in exchange for that. It's a great deal and it's a great place to get work done. Head on down to Green Mountain Dental Group. For us, though, that wraps it up for today. We will catch you tomorrow. We'll be live again tomorrow, so keep an eye out.
Thank you, babe. 